0: Hi friends, it's Pastor Drew Wilkerson from Bridgewater Church. Hey, thanks for stopping by this podcast. It's our prayer that as you listen, God will speak to your heart and you will feel inspired and you'll learn new things that will help you in your daily walk with God and just in life in general. So again, thanks for stopping by and thanks for listening. Happy 4th of July, Bridgewater family. It is actually July 4, 2021. This morning, if you're catching this on Sunday, we're sharing together our independence, our freedom, and I hope you're having a great weekend as we think about the blessings of God. And this morning, I want to begin a series that is simply entitled Freedom. Over the next three weeks, you're gonna hear some incredible people talk about what it means to embrace the freedom that we have from God and this morning specifically I want to talk about something that has been on my mind a lot I want to talk about freedom and the need for national forgiveness I I know that you realize this and I do too we're in a situation currently where I believe our nation has drawn further away from God even though more people are spiritual can we use that term More people are spiritual than ever before, but we've drawn away from God. It's it's almost as if we want the blessings of God without a relationship intimately with God. I can't help but think of President Ronald Reagan when he wrote, if we ever forget that we are one nation under God, then we will be a nation gone under. Please don't just let that go. Please don't just think about how great it is to live in a country where we have freedom of speech and freedom of religion, and not think about what it really means to have a relationship with the God who gives us that freedom. And I want us to be challenged this morning. America needs, more than ever before, to become willing to humble ourselves before God, seek His face, turn from our wicked ways, and then God will bless and heal our land. Perhaps that's a scripture that you've heard before, but it's more than scripture. It's a promise if we'll follow it. Now, is America perfect? Heavens, no. We know that. I'm sad that it's almost as if today we have to talk more about all the wrong things we've done in the history of the United States then we just simply recognize that those are atrocities. Slavery was an atrocity. Any time that we didn't do what was right by someone because of the color of their skin was completely wrong. We've made terrible mistakes, and I wanna call them what they are, sins. We've sinned and fallen short of God's glory. And there are cultural hot buttons that we should touch on, but you won't find today's message in a list of hot topics, but it should be number one. We need to pray for national forgiveness. Think about what Abraham Lincoln wrote in March, on March 30th, 1863. This was the national day of prayer. And he writes, And whereas it is the duty of nations as well as of men, to own their dependence upon the overruling power of God, to confess their sins and transgressions and humble sorrow, yet with assured hope that genuine repentance will lead to mercy and pardon, and to recognize the sublime truth announced in the Holy Scriptures and proven by all history that those nations only are blessed whose God is the Lord. You know what we would do with that today? We tackle the fact that it only says men and not women. We tackle it and say it should be humans. The pronouns are wrong. We tackle what Abraham Lincoln said and we get into the weeds and we'd say, well, there was slavery in the country when, when that took place. And then, even though there was a, a proclamation against slavery, Then we had Jim Crow laws. All of that is true in a part of our history. We can't erase that, but what Abraham Lincoln really said is what we need to focus on today. God needs to be the Lord of the United States. Don't don't dismiss what I'm saying by any stretch of the imagination and say, well, we're a nation that you can believe whatever you want spiritually. It's true, but ask yourself this question. Why are we in all of the trouble that we're in? And are we solving it today by how we're talking about history? Are we are we seeing greater unity? Are there less murders? Is this really all about our Bill of Rights? What about our responsibilities? Long before Abraham Lincoln spoke and wrote about this prayer that he prayed so long ago, there was another man that God used to turn a nation away from evil. His name, Daniel. And in Daniel chapter nine, we're going to unpack 23 verses. I know, you're like, you just caught your breath. You're like, pastor, how are we gonna do that? I promise I'm gonna move you through this. But I need you to really think clearly about the role that you and I can play in being a conduit of God's forgiveness and grace and find the freedom that we all want. You see, freedom isn't about getting whatever I want. Freedom is about finding the the peace that passes understanding from Almighty God. Daniel knew how to tap into that peace and that power through prayer. And I want to begin Uh, In fact, what I'm going to do as I begin Daniel 9, we're going to look at just the first three verses. But I want you to think about the three requests that will stand out as Daniel prayed and sought the favor of God. And the first request is found in these first three verses. In the first year of Darius, son of Xerxes, a Mede by descent who was made ruler over the Babylonian kingdom in the first year of his reign... I, Daniel, understood from the scriptures, according to the word of the Lord given to Jeremiah the prophet, that the desolation of Jerusalem would last 70 years. So I turned to the Lord God and pleaded with him in prayer and petition, in fasting and in sackcloth and ashes. Here's the very first insight that we gain from Daniel. If we really want freedom and national forgiveness, we must partner with God and plead for mercy. We have to partner with God and plead for mercy. Please hear me. If you don't hear anything else, please hear this. Partnering with politicians, voting in the voting booth, throwing more money at problems, isn't going to solve the underlying issue that the United States faces. We need to partner with God and plead for mercy. That's where we find Daniel. Daniel Daniel searched the scriptures. Well, what scriptures is he talking about? The Old Testament, the law of Moses, but specifically, he honed in on the prophecies that God gave the prophet Jeremiah. And what he discovered was something incredible. Daniel realized that it would only be uh, 70 years, and they were nearing the end of the 70 years described in Jeremiah 25, verses 11 through 13, and Jeremiah 29, 10. He realized that Israel would soon be released from the bondage that they were in, but don't move beyond it too quickly. Why was Israel in trouble? They had walked away from obedience to God. God took his... His hands of blessing, protection and favor off of a people called the Israelites who didn't want Him anymore. They didn't want to follow. You might look at me and go, well, that's all God's fault. How can it be God's fault when God loves us enough to let us choose the direction that we're going to go? In fact, I think about something our first president wrote. Have you ever heard this? George Washington said... He said, It is impossible to rightly govern the world without God in the Bible. Is that archaic? Have we come to a point that we know so much that we can be spiritual beings without a relationship with God? Daniel had been captured by the Babylonians when they invaded Judah as a young man, he had been enslaved and taken to another country. Do not dismiss Daniel's part, his, his incredible role that he played. Because God used Daniel to come to a point when he was older to pray for mercy for the Israelites. It may be a little confusing. Well, let, me, let me clear this up. Daniel's decision wouldn't be logical To most outsiders, he had a great job in the government. God had used him in incredible ways. He's older now. He's got family and friends. But where do we find Daniel? Daniel is praying for Israel, his home country. He is partnering with God, and he pleads for mercy, and this is why. He knows that you and I can't just skate through life being comfortable and blessed And not be concerned about the cultural problems and especially the sin of God's people. We've got to literally pick up those problems and lay them before God. And we want to be, we need to be people that are part of the solution. That's why Daniel was such a focused man of prayer. Did you catch verse 3? I turned to the Lord. Literally the best translation I've ever found and I love this. It's it it is. Daniel writes, "I set my face. I set my face focused without distraction on the power of God to pray for his nation." I will never forget when I was a younger man and I had my my young son Matt and I had the privilege of being with Kay's dad my father-in-law, Bob Yoder, and we stood with over a million men, all colors, all states, all nation, all races, and we stood on the mall in Washington, D.C. during a promise keeper's rally of men who were called to pray for our nation. You might look at me and go, well, Pastor, did that really help? I think so. Because I think without prayer, Without godly men and women who are seeking the face of God, our nation would be in, worst, in a worse place than we've ever been up until now. And now is the time for us to join together again like Daniel and partner with God and plead for mercy because often we undervalue our freedoms until they are taken from us. Daniel realized That he needed to pray. He fasted. He went without food. And then he did something that was very natural for someone who was Jewish. He put uh, uh, dirt, ashes, sackcloth on himself. And then he completely focused on God. Can I ask this? What would it be like if we really focused on God as an entire nation? Think about it. One man was making a difference. You and I can too. If we really care about our country, we've got to stop complaining about the United States and all the problems that we see. And we need to be a part of the solution. And believe this or not, partnering with God and pleading for mercy in prayer can change the course of a nation. It did with Daniel and Israel. Well, what happens next? This is the longer portion of the verses, so will you hang tight as I read them? In Daniel chapter 9, verses 4-14, through 14, we hear these words. Daniel, I, this is who is praying, I prayed to the Lord my God and confessed. Lord, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of love with those who love him and keep his commandments, we have sinned and done wrong. We have been wicked and have rebelled. We have turned away from your commands and laws. We have not listened to your servants, the prophets, who spoke in your name to our kings, our princes and our ancestors, and to all the people of the land, Lord, you're righteous. But this day we are covered with shame, the people of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem and all Israel, both near and far in all countries where you have scattered us because of our unfaithfulness to you. We and our kings, our princes and our ancestors are covered with shame, Lord, because we have sinned against you. Lord our God is merciful and forgiving. Even though we have rebelled against him, we have not obeyed the Lord our God or kept the laws he gave us through his servants, the prophets. All Israel has transgressed your law and turned away, refusing to obey you. Therefore, the curses and sworn judgments written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, have been poured out on us because we have sinned against you. You have fulfilled the word spoken against us and against our rulers by bringing on us great disaster. Under the whole nation, or under the whole heaven, nothing has ever been done like what has been done to to Jerusalem. Just as it is written in the law of Moses, all this disaster has come on us, yet we have not sought the favor of the Lord our God by turning from our sins and giving attention to your truth. The Lord did not hesitate to bring the disaster on us for the Lord our God is righteous in everything he does yet we have not obeyed him. Does that grip your heart? Does that that really grip your mind? Here's the second insight that we find in Daniel's prayer. If we want and need national forgiveness, we must seek God and confess our sins. I, I want to just say this to you in a nutshell, it all comes down to this. Daniel did not blame everybody else. He didn't blame his Babylonian captors. He didn't blame slavery. He didn't blame his mother, his father. He didn't blame any person of color for all the problems of Israel. In fact, do you hear what he does? He accepts responsibility. He begins, he begins this prayer by calling out the almightiness of God. As we begin to really pray and focus on national forgiveness, first and foremost, we must proclaim that we serve an almighty God and mean it. We can't just start flipping prayer requests about the things we'd like to see change. We've got to go to the God, the only God, who exists and who can give us the favor that we need. Everybody today talks about kindness, and they talk about unity. Isn't that great? Where does that come from? Does that come from just being nice? If that were true, we'd all just be nice people, wouldn't we? No, 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 no. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about going to the almighty creator God who can give us his favor and blessing, but we have to be willing to ask. And then then we get to Daniel who doesn't justify anything. He doesn't justify anything at all. Wouldn't it be tempting if you were Daniel to just say, God, God, Everything's unfair. I shouldn't have been taken captive. Who's going to pay for that financially, spiritually, emotionally? Who's going to do that? In fact, maybe if I'd have been Daniel, I would have said, I didn't create this mess. I'm not responsible for it. And all of you people should wake up because uh, you need to blame somebody else for the mess that I'm in. Well, Daniel understood the issue that Israel faced. He was passionate. Did you notice his prayer? When he prays and begins to come before God, did you catch it? He says, we. He didn't say you. He says us, not not they or those people. When was the last time you and I prayed like that? God, our country's in this mess that we're in, and people are struggling with their gender, their identity, their sexuality, their finances, color. When, when, when was the last time when we talked about division between Democrats and Republicans and independents, when was the last time that all of us, when we got on our faces in the presence of God, one-on-one with Almighty God, when did we ever say, God, forgive us for our sins? We're all a part of this mess. Daniel did. In fact, isn't this funny? Instead of complaining, he confessed. Have you ever ever gone to God in prayer before and you found yourself uh, trying to blame other people when you even asked for prayer? Have you done that? Have you ever ever prayed in such a way that you were blaming somebody else or some situation for the junk you were in and said, God, I need you to intervene? (laughs) I think this is such a great story on revival. J. Edwin Orr tells the story. Now, this is 1952 Brazil. He said, I was there at a revival. And, and maybe I should stop and say, I don't want to use an old term that you may not know. If you've caught this and you're trying to figure out who God is or you haven't been walking with the Lord long, or maybe you're just younger than me. That's, I hope that's the reason. But revival is when we come before God as a group of people and we literally confess and ask God to intervene. We used to have things called revivals in churches. Well, Edwin uh, Orr is at a revival in Brazil. And he was there with other leaders. And, and in a crowded church, a woman came to the lead pastor and, who was leading the, 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 the service and said, Pastor, please pray for me. I need to love people more. I love this pastor. I love what he said gently. Sister, that's not a confession. Anyone could have said that. We all need to love people more. Later in the service, that lady stood up and, in front of everyone, said, Please pray for me. What I should have said is that my sharp tongue has caused a lot of trouble in this church. I need forgiveness the pastor leaned over to Edwin Orr and he whispered, now she's being honest. That woman recognized her need to confess her sins. Don't we all? Don't we all need to do that? Charles Spurgeon, the great pastor, said this, oh, that our prayers could get beyond praying till they got to agonizing. I need to confess to you I pray for our nation on a regular basis, but I don't know that I've prayed with agony and confess my part of the problem as much as I should. Because I can have a negative attitude. I can think that America is, is on a downward spiral. And it's not enough to say, well, Jesus will come back again someday. I pray that, I believe that, and I know it to be true. But until then, what do we do? Daniel, Daniel helps us understand. He writes in verse five, we've sinned and done wrong. We've been wicked and we've rebelled. We've turned away from our commands. He literally confesses. Do you know what the word confession means? It means to agree with. When we confess our sins to God, we have to agree with God that we're, we're part of the problem. For all of sin and fallen short of the glory of God? What would happen if in a 24-hour period, even 50% of Americans would get, what if 20, what if 10%, what if 5% of Americans got on their knees and began to confess, and we said, God, we can't live like this anymore. We need you to intervene. There comes a time, are you ready for this? There comes a time when we have to stop analyzing how we got here. And we've got to start being proactive and admit that we're here. We've got to, I, I, want, to be, I want to be clear about this because this is a hot topic and I'm going to say this and I'm going to say it out loud and I'm going to say it strongly. We've got to quit trying to rewrite history. We've got to quit trying to cram a different historical view down the throats of young children. We, we need to recognize there's been racism But there's racism in whites, and there is racism in blacks, and there is racism in browns and people of all color. We have been horrible in how we treated Native American Indians. We've been horrible how we treated people that were enslaved. But guess what? We've been horrible how we've been treating each other. We have made everything a hot button to get mad and upset about All because we don't understand, listen, you and I can't really understand every single emotion and feeling that we have, white to black to brown to red. We can't do it, but what we can do is unite together, seek God and confess our sins, and quit worrying about how we got here, recognize it, but then decide to unite together to create a greater nation, and that begins with forgiveness. We have to be willing to seek God's forgiveness. Billy Graham, I quote him often, but I think he was right. Just a human being, just a pastor. But he said, and it's true, how long can a nation scorn God before he brings judgment upon them? Only God knows the answer, but his patience has limits. Pray for our nation that God will bring us back to himself before it is too late, and let it begin with you as you turn to Christ in repentance and faith. If all of us dealt with our own sins and what was on our plate, our hands would be pretty full. We have to be willing to seek God and confess our sins, which leads to Daniel 9, 15 through 19. Daniel continues to pray, Now, Lord, our God, who brought your people out of Egypt with a mighty hand and who made for yourself a name that endures to this day, We have sinned. We have done wrong. Lord, in keeping with all your righteous acts, turn away your anger and your wrath from Jerusalem, your city, your holy hill. Our sins and the iniquities of our ancestors have made Jerusalem and your people an object of scorn to all those around us. Now our God, hear the prayers and petitions of your servant. For your sake, Lord, look with favor on your desolate sanctuary. Give ear our God, and hear, open your eyes and see the desolation of the city that bears your name. We do not make the request of you because we are righteous, but because of your great mercy. Lord, listen. Lord, forgive. Lord, hear and act. For your sake, my God, do not delay, because your city and your people bear your name. Here's the third insight from Daniel's prayer. If we want to see national forgiveness and know the favor of God, we must pray and trust God for a new beginning. It starts now. It starts with the hard work of prayer, fasting, sackcloth and ashes. Humility is what we're talking about. And that's exactly what happened. Daniel was I think was on the verge of spiritual exhaustion as he prayed. He stayed in the presence of God because he really believed that God could use his prayers to change a nation. And I don't want you to miss this. I've traveled the world. I've been blessed. I've been so blessed. I've been in I've been in Asia and I've been in Europe and I've grown up in this incredible country we call America. And I want to say this. It isn't arrogant, it isn't wrong to be able to ask God to anoint the United States because those are our roots. Regardless of of what your background would be and how you wanna look at history, the reality is that our nation has been blessed not because we're perfect, dear God, that isn't true, but because in our humanness we have stumbled and struggled to continue to ask God for his favor. It's not, a, it's not a white thing, it's not a Jewish thing, it's not an American thing, it's not a European thing, it's not a black thing, it's not an Asian thing. It is a God thing. He's our creator. And we need to pray and trust God for a new beginning, and I, I just relish this. I, I'm thrilled with what Daniel does. Daniel doesn't just throw up his hands and go, oh, woe is me, the more I pray, the worse this gets. No, Daniel literally said, God, forgive us and restore us. God, the scorn and shame of Jerusalem and all of Israel matters to you. I think, the, I think people matter to God. I know that's true. But I also think geography matters to God. And he wants us throughout the world to be committed to him. No matter where we live. And so what does he say? He says to God, do not delay. One man, one woman, one human can make a difference. In fact, the great Martin Luther King Jr. once said this, faith is taking the first step even when you don't see the staircase. And I want to say this, we're paralyzing ourselves by being so concerned about all the things that have happened in the past that we're not taking first steps right now in unity to be the people that God needs us to be to care about each other, to love each other. That's what God is calling us to do. And in fact, I want to ask you this morning, will you please truly decide to pray? And Daniel breaks it out for us. Can, can I just give you this in one format? Here's what Daniel does. He says, petition, hear our God. Please hear, he's petitioning God in verse 17. Verse 18, open your eyes and see, it's a request. Then he says, Lord, listen, forgive and act. In the beginning of verse 19, he's asking God to be available. And then he says, Lord, do not delay, yield. Please, please yield to our need. Can that happen with a great God? It can when we yield to God and ask for his help. Petition, request, ask, and yield. That's what it means to pray. We need to petition God for the United States. We need to request that God open his eyes and see not all of the destruction and sin, but to see the people of God who have hope that things can change. To ask God, to listen, to forgive us and to act, and then to yield to God so that God will be able to give us his hand of mercy, grace, and love. Have you ever wondered how it all turned out? I told you I could cover all the ground. Have you you noticed? All we need to do is look at chapter 9, verse 20, through the beginning of verse 23. This is Daniel. While I was speaking and praying, confessing my sin and the sin of my people, Israel, and making my request to the Lord my God for his holy hill, while I was still in prayer, Gabriel, the man I had seen in the earlier vision, came to me in swift flight about the time of the evening sacrifice. He instructed me and he said to me, Oh, to hear this, church. Daniel, I have come to give you insight and understanding. As soon as you began to pray, a word went out, which I have come to tell you, for you are highly esteemed. Wow. The angel Gabriel was sent by God to tell a human being named Daniel, that his prayer had been heard. Times were beginning to change. God heard the confession of one man for a nation, for a city, and it was life-changing. What about you and me? Are we ready? We need national forgiveness. That's where true freedom comes. So I'm going to ask you to do this as we close this morning. I'm going to ask you to stand in your homes or maybe you want to kneel in your homes. Whatever God leads you to do. But I want us to unite together and truly believe that a band of us praying together starting today on July 4th, 2021, God can hear. Are you grabbing that? Are you really soaking that in? No doubts. God is listening. I believe that if we unite together in this prayer, God will hear our prayer, our call for help, not because we're perfect, but because we believe. Let's pray. Father God, the United States of America is in turmoil, so is the entire world. We're seeing people make such poor choices, and God, we make poor choices. We sin. God, forgive us for our sins of complaint. Forgive us for the sins in our lives that... Remove us from your presence. And for all of us who are so weak with addictions and negative attitudes, God, help us. I do believe, we do believe, help us in our unbelief. Oh, holy God, let there be a revival that shocks us and surprises us, but reminds us it all began when we prayed to a God and we asked for help. Oh, Jesus. Hear our prayers, intercede on our behalf as a nation, and God begin to work in the hearts of those that love you, that we would unite together. And God, because we need your help, and we have asked, confessed, and pled for your forgiveness, hear and answer our prayers. And God, don't make America great because we want to be a great nation. Make make America great. Because we serve a great God and we recognize that in you. And we pray, thank you, in Jesus' name, amen. I love you so much and this is an important message. So here is is my request. Would you please do this? And and when you see me, you remind me to do this too. Let's get really earnest about praying for our country. We we all prayed that the pandemic would end and we still need to pray that. It's not over yet. But we need to pray that God who is sifting us right now, would love us unconditionally, forgive our sins, and help us to find ways to unite together that would give him glory, honor, and praise. I believe revival can happen. That old word, we can, we can discover that. And I love you. You're a part of this solution. You're amazing. You're incredible. Thank you. Thank you for being with us. Share this with someone today, this, this message, and let's see God do something in us and through us that we can't imagine or dream. I love you. I'm praying for you. Until I see you again, take heart and be transformed. Hey friends, thanks for listening. And if you want to be a part of our E family, then all you have to do to join us is click the link below and you can check us out on our YouTube page. You can also join us on social media. And if you'd like to support the ministry, then just click the link to give. We're so grateful for all of our partners, and together we can do more than we can alone. So again, thanks to all of you for listening to this podcast, and also thank you for helping us reach people around the world for Jesus Christ.